Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This is the art of charm. Learn everything you need to know to crush it in business, love, and life. The art of charm is where ordinary guys become extraordinary men. Welcome, guys and gals, to the Art of Charm. I'm Jordan Harbinger. The Art of Charm brings together the best thought leaders, teachers, and exceptional individuals to teach you how to be a top performer in life, love, and at work. Imagine having a mix of experienced mentors teaching you their expertise and packing decades of research, testing, and tough lessons into a curriculum. We may not have all the answers, but we do have all the questions. Make sure to stay up to date with AOC and get some great stuff that we don't or can't share on the show by signing up for the newsletter at theartofcharm.com. That's where we'll email you our fundamentals toolkit that covers topics like body language, nonverbal communication, dating, attraction, persuasion, business networking, public speaking, negotiation, and a whole lot more. And we've got our live programs running every week here in LA. In fact, we've got guys from all over the world. If you're committed, you can make it here if you wanna learn and grow. We're sold out a couple months in advance, so if you're thinking about it a little bit, get in touch, we'll get you some info and you can plan ahead. Looking forward to meeting you here at The Art of Charm. Today we're talking with Zach Stockhill. We're gonna talk about something called retroactive jealousy. You know that little twang you get when you start dating somebody and you start resenting their past? It's that, only sometimes people get it really, really bad. We're gonna show you how to deal with it, whether it's bad or not, how you can distract yourself from it, attack the causes, and make yourself a more secure, confident person in the process. So enjoy this one with Zach Stockhill. So tell us what you do in one sentence. So I'm a writer and I'm an educator, uh, and I'm really passionate about helping people let go of jealousy and possessiveness in their relationships. And how did you get into this? I assume you uh, maybe had a little bout with that yourself? I did, yeah. I fell into this profession more or less by accident. I was going through graduate school to be a history professor, basically. And I had some experiences that really brought home to me how jealous and sort of possessive I was in my relationships. And I got to a place where I was just sort of I was done with it and I was ready to change who I was and, and to change that about me because it was, I was realizing that it was impacting my, my entire life in a really negative way. And I was dealing with something which a surprisingly high number of people deal with, which is something called retroactive jealousy or retroactive jealousy OCD, which is basically some form of obsessive compulsive disorder where you're thinking about your partner's past, you know, more or less all the time. I mean, I, I tell people just to sort of give them hope because I'm sort of over it now you know, in the worst stage of my retroactive jealousy, it was my partner's past was the first thing I thought about in the morning, the last thing I thought about when I went to bed at night. It was really debilitating. And I think a lot of people deal with it. 
I realized when I was struggling with, with this myself that a lot of people really don't know where to turn. And there's very little good information on this topic, I would say, available to people. So I wrote a book uh, called Overcoming Retroactive Jealousy. I originally published it under a pen name because I wasn't planning on making a career out of this or, or really doing anything with it. I just wanted to put something out in the world that, that could help people. And to my surprise, it, it was, you know, modestly successful. And it's, it's sort of taken off from there, um, because a lot of people are hungry for, for something. So a lot of the advice on the internet I found when I was dealing with this is more or less, you know, just get over it, the past is in the past, move on, which if you're dealing with this is extremely difficult to do. So I wanted to, to basically just tell people point blank, you know, this is exactly what I did. This is the process I followed to get over this. And life gets really great once you manage to, to put it behind you. Yeah, it's uh, it's it reminds me of this. Like, oh, you're short. Just try being taller. <laughs> right. Uh, thanks. Yeah. How do I do that? Where do I start with the process? Exactly. And and even worse. I mean, a lot of people like I. So I when I was dealing with this, you know, I would go on forums and see what people are are talking about. And a lot of the people just you know call you a complete asshole and like, why are you doing this? And and why are you so hung hung up on the past? And you know, you're a misogynist and all and all this stuff even to people who are honestly just looking for help, like how, you know, this is really strange. Everyone I talk to, no one can really relate to this. How do I get help? So there's a lot of sort of people tend to judge people with this condition, not always unfairly, but it's certainly not something that, that someone chooses to feel or they're choosing to deal with this. Interesting. So tell us about a little bit more about what this actually is, because I think everybody's had this, at least I know I have, and I know a lot of my friends deal with it. We get a ton of email about it where people, they're dating someone new, especially, and they can't kind of get over the jealous feelings about things that happened in the past, and it can get really bad, but then it kind of fades away, right? After a right. while, it's like once you get past the phase of infatuation, right? And once you get into regular, normal relationships, if your relationship makes it that far, and most don't, but once you get past that, it's like, okay, everybody's got to pass. It's not that big of a deal. But in the meantime, you're asking all your friends, and you're right. A lot of the advice that even I got back way back when I was dealing with this stuff was a lot of people were like, oh, that's normal. It'll go away. But those were only the high-end coaches that I have access to. But most of my friends even really educated people, especially women who frankly should know this stuff, they were like, it's not fair, you're being judgy. And I'm like, I don't like it either. I'm not trying to get mad every five minutes. This sucks for me too. It sucks even worse that I can't get rid of it. I don't enjoy this at all. So, and then yes, and all the guys are like, you're being a wuss, man, you're, what, you're such a pussy, get over it, go bang other chicks and you'll feel better. And it's like, that's not helpful either. Right. And the flip side to that is I'm not sure how familiar you are with this sort of the manosphere. I'm sure you've, you know. Oh, yeah, know. of course. So and a lot of the advice those guys offer is, you know, she's damaged goods. Uh, you know, you, you know, even if she has, you know, like two partners or whatever, it's like, no, she's a slut, you know, you need to move on, whatever. So just like, as you say, like, it's difficult to sort of get advice that that makes sense. And that is actually helpful and constructive and, and productive. So how do we know if we have normal retroactive jealousy or if we have like crazy, what do you call it, OCD retroactive jealousy? Right. So I would say that so some retroactive jealousy is pretty normal. Most of the time when you when you really fall for someone, when you really develop strong feelings for someone, there's going to be something of that because we love this person. We're, we're totally smitten with them. And the idea of anyone else having them is painful and it's difficult for us to process. That's pretty standard. What I would say how retroactive jealousy OCD differs from your fairly standard run-of-the-mill retroactive jealousy is when you basically can't stop thinking about it. 
I mean, I have people, you know, I've got letters from people who say, you know, at some point I was sort of suicidal because it was all consuming, like most people can't really relate to. People who have suffered from obsessive compulsive disorder can relate to this. And basically, you know, you're thinking about it all the time. And most people fall into this cycle where they ask their partner about their past, mostly to get reassurance on something or clarity on something or whatever. The partner gives them an answer. And if they like the answer, then they feel good for half an hour, an hour, a day. And then the cycle repeats itself. So they're agitated. They're looking for some sort of temporary, and I emphasize temporary relief. And then they get the relief and it feels good for a minute. And then the cycle starts all over again. So I would say if you can't stop thinking about it, you know, you've, you've got a problem you need to solve. Yeah. Okay. So, but how long do we give it? Because I think a lot of people maybe go through, uh, well, I think about this all the time. I mean, I guess if it's constant, right, that's one problem. Or if it lasts longer than what, a few months or a few weeks? I would say if it's over a few weeks, you know, it might be time to check in with yourself. And, and, and you know, I would say talk to friends, you know, talk to people you trust. Ask them about their experience of, of falling for someone and dealing with these kind of feelings. You know, did they go away? How long did you deal with this kind of thing? But I'd say anything over a few weeks is abnormal and, and it's, you know, might be time to pursue some course of action toward getting help. Okay. And so where do we begin with this? Because getting help, as we just talked about, is really hard because you ask your friends and they tell you you're an idiot and your other friends tell you to get over it. And then some of your other friends tell you you're being a jerk for even even thinking that this is a bad thing in the first place. Right. So, I mean, the first thing I would tell people if they're dealing with this and they think that they might be dealing with the more severe uh, type of retroactive jealousy is just stop yourself from harassing your partner about their past realize that you're doing far more harm than nothing's good is going to come of this and recognize that you're just repeating the cycle over and over again. So be really firm with yourself just to stop talking for a while. And as far as different things you can do, I mean, medication, some people go on medication that's generally prescribed to OCD patients. I didn't do that. So I, I would say in a nutshell, you know, focus on your insecurity. I believe that all jealousy is born of some kind of insecurity and focus on, you know, I, I call it perform a, an insecurity inventory create some kind of action plan. So, you know, if you're overweight, work on losing weight, you know, commit to going to the gym three days a week, whatever. Um, if you're threatened by perhaps the intelligence of some of your partner's past lovers, whatever, you know, start reading more, listen to podcasts that interest you. The basic message I, I try to put across to people is that what you're dealing with is born out of insecurity. And if you figure out what you're insecure about, if you get really serious about attacking that head on, you know, you're going to start to see improvements really quickly. Johnny, we know if you listen to the show, you are driven. In fact, we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to recent Indeed survey. We have hired a lot of team members over the last 17 years. Going through endless resumes, well, that's a time sink. But you know what else is a time sink? Interviewing endless people because they're all going to give you the best face forward. That's why we love Indeed, 
leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every single day. Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash charm. Just go to Indeed.com slash charm right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash charm. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Over the last 17 years, we have launched our fair share of online courses, coaching programs, and finding the right platform has always been a challenge. They say if you do what you love, you never work a day in your life. But if you're an entrepreneur, you know the hard work that comes with it. That's why you need Kajabi. Kajabi makes it easy to run your entire online business from one platform so you can focus on what you love, creating. Kajabi is the ultimate all-in-one platform that helps creators and entrepreneurs build successful online businesses by unlocking predictable recurring revenue. No matter your niche, Kajabi makes it easy to turn your skills, passions, and experiences into enriching online courses, exclusive membership sites, subscription podcasts, thriving communities, personalized coaching, and more. The best part? Kajabi doesn't cut into your revenue because everything is owned and controlled by you. So keep 100% of what you earn. And with Kajabi, you also get robust analytics, easy payment options, email marketing tools, and customizable website templates all built in. You don't even need a huge audience to make sustainable income. There are thousands of creators on Kajabi making six and seven figures with less than 50,000 followers. Right now, Kajabi is offering a free 30-day trial to start your business if you go to kajabi.com slash charm. That's K-A-J-A-B-I dot com slash charm. Go to kajabi.com slash charm and join the creators and entrepreneurs who have made over $7 billion. All right, back to Zach Stockhill. Okay, you kind of distract yourself from thinking about the other person's shortcomings and focus on your own. Yeah, more or less, sure. And, and you know, be proactive about it. Don't wait for it to go away if it's really debilitating, if it's really bothering you all the time, you know. So I often tell people, you know, like, what are some of the things that humans really, really, really love doing? And, you know, we love to have sex. We love to play sports. We love to dance. These are experiences that inspire a great deal of joy. And I think the main reason they do that is because it gets us out of our heads into our bodies a bit more. So, you know, it sounds like sort of a, odd answer to your question. But I mean, I think that physical activity is, is huge. You know, I've got a private discussion group on Facebook for students taking my online course. And everyone's talked about just even just how exercise prioritizing, you know, physical activities has helped them in getting out of their heads a bit more. Because when you're dealing with this, it feels like you're sort of a prisoner of your own brain, if that makes sense. Sure. Yeah, of course. And so we focus on, I guess, all those the shortcomings and, and things we want to improve on. Is that because jealousy is essentially related to our own insecurities? So we shore it up by attacking things that make us insecure that are not our significant other? I think so. I, as I'm sure you know, like psychologists and biologists differ to a certain extent on whether or not jealousy is natural, um, whether or not it's inspired by whether it's mate competition or a woman worrying about her partner squandering resources that would otherwise be uh, for her and her, her child or, or whatever. But I think that one sort of commonality of, of all human sexual jealousy is insecurity. So 
focusing on working on that makes a huge difference in terms of, of getting past getting past it. Interesting. Now, what about jealousy that's actually caused by something a little bit more rational, if I can put it that way? Like, you know, you see them friends with their ex on Facebook or, you know, there's pictures of them in things. These are sort of triggers. I don't know if they're rational or irrational. I mean, they're pretty normal. People have things with other people. You know, their past life doesn't cease to exist just because of your, your relationship. However, you know, what are we looking at in terms of the rules when it comes to that? Well, I think everyone has to determine, you know, their own sort of guidelines as far as that stuff goes. But I think, you know, one thing I would tell people is, is just be aware that, that we're in a really interesting sort of cultural, social, social moment here in that, you know, we're going to be connected with people more than likely for the rest of our lives. So our, our exes and our old boss and our old coworkers and all these people. And that's really the first time that humans have had to deal with that sort of level of interconnectedness where you can see the baby photos of someone, you know, you went to preschool with, that kind of thing. It's very strange to people dealing with retroactive jealousy. You know, one of the things I tell people is try to avoid triggers if you can, um, at least while you're first working on getting over this. For example, if you see your partner's ex come up on your Facebook timeline, that's probably going to inspire some sort of jealous episode. So, you know, use the block function on Facebook, at least for a little while, just sort of block that person, get them out of your life or block them on Twitter or whatever. So I would say avoid triggers for a while. But sort of as, as a, an addition to my point about stopping talking to your partner, I would say tell them if something they're doing with an ex is really bothering you, be honest about them or be honest about that. But also be realistic. You know, it's very likely that most of us are going to have an ex or two or three on Facebook. And it's no big deal. You know, it, it's more often than not, it's born out of social niceties and just, you know, just trying to be a nice person. And you're sort of mildly interested in their current activities, but not really, you know, most of the time it's totally innocuous. So if you feel like your partner is abusing or not abusing you, but is being sort of inappropriate on Facebook or flirting with an ex or, you know, whatever your particular boundaries are, you know, tell them that they're abusing those boundaries and, you know, be honest about it. But also, again, just keep in mind that, you know, this is the 21st century, you know, we're all going to have exes in our lives to some extent. And, you know, this is, this is more or less normal. This is the way we live now. Do you think this problem is going to get worse now that we have things, people are super accessible and their past life is super accessible? I mean, you might be, you could live with somebody for six months or a year and then that like memories thing crops up on Facebook and it's them with their ex-boyfriend or girlfriend and you're like, oh, you know, not that they would click share on that most likely, but that person's going to be in wedding photos with them. There's all kinds of stuff that you can't avoid. Do you think it's going to get worse now that we've got different some social media is all up in your face it's on your friggin watch now <laughs> right i think definitely i mean a we're a pretty promiscuous culture at least in the west in many ways more so than our our parents and grandparents and as you say things like facebook twitter whatever you know they're keeping this backlog of all our past experiences and pictures and stuff i mean facebook is kind of the worst nightmare for someone dealing with intense retroactive jealousy as you can probably imagine and i think you know, a way to sort of deal with this is to recognize that things are changing and to recognize that, you know, like we need to let go of possessiveness in our relationships and we need to let go of jealousy if we're going to be happy in life. And so in a way, you know, I tell people retroactive jealousy is a real gift because once you're able to work through that and work past it, life just gets so much better. Um, and it's also about expectations, you know, like I think that a lot of the, the cultural baggage that we sort of inherit as adults 
whether that came from our childhood or just the sort of cultural milieu that we're, we find ourselves in, it promotes an, an ideal of love, an ideal of relationships that's often very unrealistic. And so when we get out in the world and we start having relationships with people with sometimes damaged pasts or, or whatever, you know, we think that, well, how can this person who I idealize have done these things? But it's nonsense, you know, like we're human, we, we make mistakes and hopefully we learn from them. So I think it's important to let go as much as possible and to deprogram from all the cultural influences that aren't really doing you any good. Sure. And for some people, that's Facebook. You know what I mean? Like, it's funny, it might be kind of silly, but when I meet someone and they don't have Facebook, like my respect for them just skyrockets. Like, <laughs> it's kind of silly, but, you know, it might be worth considering, you know, getting off all that stuff, or maybe you and your partner want to get off all that stuff. I realize not a lot of people will do that, but, you know, it depends on what your values are, I guess. But it's certainly not a bad idea to disconnect. Lennon and McCartney, Jagger and Richards, Watson and Crick, AJ and Johnny. What about the perfect duo when it comes to growing your business? Well, that's you and Shopify. That's right, Johnny. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling your own fire merch or promoting your productivity programs, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort, thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. What I love about Shopify is no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, as well as millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. And AJ, you don't have to just sell your stuff anymore. With Shopify Collective, you can curate products to sell from the brands that you love, giving your customers more variety and your business more sales. Shopify is your no-excuses business partner. Sell without needing to code or design. Just bring your best ideas and Shopify will help you open up shop. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash charm. Go to shopify.com slash charm now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash charm. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. All right, back to Zach Stockhill. For me, I'm like, you don't have Facebook. I'm, I don't know. I'm on the fence. I'm not going to go off on a thing on this. But usually for me, it's like that's kind of weird. And I, I then I find myself doing that thing where I'm like, do you not have Facebook because you find it distracting and you identified a weakness? Or do you not have Facebook because you're into pour over coffee and it's not <laughs> cool to have Internet in your house and you have mustache wax? You know, like right. are you one are of those guys. Hipster, yeah, exactly. Are you a hipster or is it like, hey, look, this isn't good for me? 
because uh, we all have those kind of things where it's like, oh, I don't do that. Like, I don't do Instagram. I don't do this. I don't do that. This sort of distraction or whatever. But yeah, it, it's like people who don't have a TV. How do you know they don't have a TV? Because they never shut you. the hell up about not having a TV. <laughs> and I haven't yep. had a TV since 98, but I stream crap off the internet. So, but I'm, the difference is I'm honest about that. And I think a lot of people are like, I don't even have a TV. Yeah, but you've seen Game of Thrones. You've seen Breaking Bad. You just download shit, man. I'm on to you. I'm on to you right now. Don't <laughs> no, even totally. try. I, I completely agree. It's important to not be a Facebook hipster, I think, is the main point we're trying to emphasize. That's here. the main takeaway of the whole show. Right. Anyway, end rant. <laughs> you also emphasize having accountability groups and things like that. Tell us about that, because that seems like a really useful strategy. Yeah. So when I was really dealing with, with intense retroactive jealousy, I was a part of a men's group. And I think when a lot of guys hear you know, the word men's group, they sort of cringe and they think it's, you know, men in the forest taking off their shirts and beating on drums and singing Kumbaya or something. The sort of outdated early 90s idea of what men's groups are. But I think most people I've talked to uh, in men's groups and as well as, as myself, men's groups are usually just attract, you know, everyday sort of guys who just want to better themselves. And it's really nice, as I'm sure you know, with your intensives and stuff, you know, it's really nice to just get a group of guys together who you can bounce ideas off of and who you can talk about women with and talk about your insecurities and your struggles and all the rest. So, I mean, joining a men's group was a really important experience for me to have that space, to just be really open and vulnerable, to bounce ideas off other guys, to hear about their experiences of relationships and jealousy and all the rest. That was a real game changer for me. And I realize a lot of guys in, in small towns and stuff, it's harder to find that sort of thing. But, you know, you can find online communities of, you know, men who, who are supportive and all the rest. And right now I'm not a part of a men's group, but I have like a business mastermind call every week with other guys. That's really good for me. So I think for men dealing with this, it's really important to at least think about, uh, about joining one. Now, what about doing it online? Is that something you recommend? Well, I haven't, but I've, I've talked to guys and I'm, to be honest, I'm not entirely sure how they find them, but, but some guys find sort of online men's groups where they do Skype calls or whatever. So I'm sure Google can, can point in the right direction. Do you think it's better to do it in person? Oh, definitely. Absolutely. I mean, there is, there is just something that I think, you know, we're talking a lot about change and social media and Facebook and all the rest, but there's just something about actually being with people, you know, like sharing a room with someone, seeing, seeing the way they move their body and even the way they smell. And like, you know, you get so much more information and you exchange so much information when you actually meet with people in person. So yeah, absolutely. And if, you know, when you're out to the bar on a, on a Friday night with your friends, you know, turn your phone off, turn your goddamn phone off, you know, like it's, it always drives me nuts when you see people out on a Friday or Saturday night and everyone's staring down at Instagram or whatever. It's like, be present, you know, be in the moment and, and engage with the people around you. Great. Yeah, of course. Staying present, staying in the moment, always trickier than it sounds, almost cliche, and yet no one does it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What else? I mean, is there something to be said for reconnecting with yourself? And I hate woo-woo crap like that, but I think when I've experienced this, what I found was the more you examine the cause, the better off you can be at targeting triggers, you know, like Facebook or, you know, whatever other things are triggering you. Uh, and also you start to realize, well, wait a minute. Okay, reality sets in. I don't have to be worried about this person. This is just a weird feeling that's being caused by biology. There's there's an evolutionary psychology explanation here that we don't need to get into probably, but that's what's causing it. It'll go away. But it's hard to do that if you don't kind of sit down with yourself. You know, one experience I have had that was really powerful is I attended this 10-day meditation retreat. And that's going to scare a lot of people off. And you don't necessarily have to do that. 
But in terms of just checking in with yourself, I mean, I often encourage people just sit down for five minutes in the morning and just breathe, you know, focus on your, on your breath, focus on your breathing. And this is going to sound really woo woo. So I'm just, just to, to prepare you. But I often tell people who are dealing with intense jealousy and intense sort of OCD like feelings, you know, try to work on just observing your thoughts, you know, like observe yourself when you're feeling anxious, when your heart rate goes up, try to observe yourself when you're actually getting uptight or, or you feel a, a sort of jealous attack coming on. And what that means is basically just realize like, oh, okay, I'm feeling angry right now. I'm feeling anxious, whatever. Um, and a good way to do that is just to be more conscious of your breathing whenever possible. And it sounds woo-woo, but it's actually pretty easy to do. You know, you can, you can really just focus on your breath in the car or at work or on the, on the bus or, or whatever. Uh, and it helps you just sort of disconnect um, from identifying with your thoughts and thinking that I am angry and, and that defines me as a person in this moment. And it's like, no, it's not. You can decide not to engage with that thought. You can decide not to engage with that emotion and move on with your day. Perfect. Now, is there anything else that we haven't asked you that you want to make sure you deliver? Well, one thing I would tell, so when I first started doing this jealousy thing, this retroactive jealousy thing, I, I thought that it was going to be mostly men that were dealing with this, but I'd say it's probably about 60-40 in terms of the gender split between people who write to me and, and buy my stuff. But I'm, I'm talking to the guys in particular here. Guys, I found that most guys who are dealing with this are concerned about sex. So their partner had sex with other people and it really bothers them. And I would tell guys that I think most men have to realize, or all men have to realize, that you know, to have a really fulfilling, exciting, inspiring relationship with a woman, and especially a, a sexual relationship, you have to be sex positive. You, know, you can't have all this weird bullshit baggage associated with sex and, and have this weird Madonna whore thing going on because you know, your woman is both, you know, she's the Madonna and the whore. You know, I, I tell guys, you know, you could see the most virginal church going looking girl walking down the street. And when she finds the right guy, and if there's a connection there, you know, she's going to really let loose. So, you know, women love sex as much as you do. Most women, women are wild, maybe even wilder than you. And, you know, I would say most women are like this. So, Try to let go of looking for a virgin or looking for this angel because you're not going to find her and you're not going to have good relationships with women if every woman you meet, you know, feels scared to sort of be honest about her her wants and her desires and her relationships and, and what she wants out of life. You know, it's, it's going to be really unsatisfying if you continue on that path. Excellent. Thanks so much, man. Much appreciated. All right. Thanks, Jordan. I hope you guys enjoyed that. It's really interesting because I've definitely I'm familiar with this feeling. I think everybody who's ever had a significant other has probably experienced this. What do you think, Jason? If you've ever had a boyfriend or a girlfriend, you have experienced this. Flat out. No doubt. And I think some people, right, they just I guess some people probably get way overboard and it's like eating at them from the inside out and they can't function and they end up ruining their relationship. So if that seems like you're edging towards that, maybe check out retroactivejealousy.com and definitely have a listen to the show again if you need to get some tips and action steps to make it happen and, and get it yourself over it. Because the other problem with this is even if you do screw up your relationship, you get into another one, the same thing's gonna happen because it's about you. It's not not about them. And I think that's one of the key takeaways from this episode. Show feedback and suggestions. The show's a fanarchy. It's run by you. We rely on you to help keep our finger on the pulse. So if you know someone who's a good fit, let us know. Guests at theartofcharm.com. And if you enjoyed this, don't forget to thank Zach on Twitter. We'll have that linked in the show notes as well as my own Twitter. I post a lot on there as well. 
feel free to add me on there and engage with me there. I'm pretty active. Bootcamp details, our live programs, bootcamp.theartofcharm.com, sold out in advance. Get in touch now. Get info. Plan ahead. Subscribe on iTunes. Write us a nice review. We'll love you forever. It helps us not only feel proud, but helps keep us up in the ranks so that other people who can use this advice can find the show more easily and get the credible advice they need. And it's also the best way to support the show other than purchasing products and training from us. Special thanks to the Jasons for their help in production of the Art of Charm podcast. Go ahead and tell your friends. The greatest compliment you can give us is a referral to someone else, either in person or shared on the web. Now have a great week and leave everything and everyone better than you found them. Thanks for listening to The Art of Charm. Get more confidence, relationship skills, life hacks, and everything for the extraordinary man at theartofcharmpodcast.com. Podcast.com.